Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. I am your host, Quentin, and on this week's episode, it is actually a three-part episode. Part one, which you're about to listen to, is with Kyle. You can find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore live, and you can also find him on Facebook now, so go ahead and check him out. He's got a, a new article up as well, but either way, um, give him a scope whenever you see this, and after this episode, go ahead and check out part two, which will be me and Kyle as well at Cubs Live, just as it turns out. We are best friends, and 15 minutes wasn't enough, so we went with a, a second parter, and then on part three, you'll get one of my buddies, John. You can find him on Twitter at HeyTweetJohn, and he is... Uh, a phenomenal baseball mind has all kinds of stuff to talk about, but either way, I check it out. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? This is the greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios, and today we have Kyle from Cubs Live back again. What's up, Kyle? How's it going? It's going good. How about yourself, man? Dude, not too bad, man. I'm recovering from the week that was the MLB hot stove. So um, right, a, I know it, it was intense. I didn't get a lot done at work at all. Um, so I have every deadline I have, but it was all worth it, and it was all for the name of the yeah. game, man. So I'm super pumped. For I, sure, so for sure. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited to talk. Dude, there's so much to go over. But before we get started, I just want you guys to know where you can find Kyle. You can find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore Live. He is posting all things Cubs 24 seven. So again, like I said last time, if you want to sound really cool and knowledgeable to your friends like you know Cubs baseball, check him out at Cubs underscore Life. So the first thing we're going to go over, which I think is really important coming off of last year's postseason um, and really regular season included, are the Cubs bullpen moves. So that was a key thing that they wanted to address during the offseason. I know um, there were some bullpen issues last year. Guys like Carl Edwards Jr. got a little wild. Hector Rondon wasn't quite his 2015-2016 self. So with that being said, the Cubs picked up Brandon Morrow on, I believe, Kyle, you might have to correct me on this, was it two years and $22 million? Yeah, it was. Correct. Okay, perfect. So they scooped him up. Now, this is a guy that sort of came out of nowhere. He signed a minor league deal uh, at the beginning of last year with the L.A. Dodgers and then proceeded to pitch an amazing year, 43 innings he covered, 2.06 ERA, and a .91 whip. Now, all that whip is how many runners a guy will allow on base per inning. So that stands for uh, walks and hits per inning pitch. Um, basically, Kyle, I just kind of want to ask you, what do you think of the uh, Brandon Morrow signing and what's it mean to the Cubs bullpen going into 2018? Yeah, I think it's the biggest one for the Cubs. If you can get a healthy year out of him like he had last year, uh, and with the old Justin Wilson back in his old ways with the Cubs, this Cubs bullpen is looking 100 times better. Brandon Morrow had a great year for the Dodgers, and I really believe if he can carry that on to 20, you know, uh, 18 with the Cubs, dude, this bullpen's looking really good. It, it, it's it's a great it's a great signing, and Theo did a great job with it. Yeah, and I think they got him at a really good price, and it was almost yeah, absolutely. It was a real smart baseball move because to pull Wade Davis back would have been a pretty big deal, you know, money wise, year wise. I think he probably would have won it three yep. or four years. And a lot of times when you sign a reliever a big-name guy to three- and four-year deal. You don't end up getting your money back a lot of times. Now, I'm not saying that the Cubs won't get Wade Davis. We might talk about that later. But, um, yeah, huge deal for them. And I think paired with a uh, back-to-form Justin Wilson, this whole thing could be huge, especially if you can get a guy like Carl Edwards Jr. running on all cylinders. He's got nasty yep. fastball, nasty high heat. And then when he follows up with uh, absolutely speed stuff, it is completely ridiculous. So with that being said, do you think that the Cubs still – 
Okay, so I want to look at their starting pitching and their bullpen and kind of analyze what all this means and what their next move should be. So right now, for their starting rotation, you have John Lester, Jose Quintana, and Kyle Hendricks, right? So those are their top three guys, the three best that they have. Yep. If, so, Kyle, let me ask you this. If all three of those guys pitch up to par, Hendricks is Hendricks, Lester is back to his normal self, then Quintana really comes out and... He, he does what he does. You know, he, he's your 200-inning guy. He's going to have a low three under an average, and he's going to be efficient. There, is, there are a few pitchers as have been quite as reliable as Jose Quintana has since he came into the league. If those three guys pitch up to what they can do, and then you have Chatwood fourth, and then possibly go with, like, Montgomery fifth, or I know, um, well, yeah, let's say you go Montgomery fifth. At that point, do you pursue a guy like Alex Cobb, or do you count on Justin Wilson returning to form, having Brandon Morrow, and then going ahead and pursuing Wade Davis and spending the money there and having a really strong bullpen? Where do you think they go with uh, signing and money on that? Right. Uh, Alex Cobb recently, you know, it came out reports that he did want $20 million, and I think that's the biggest thing that's stopping Theo, because for me, and I know Theo probably has, you know, he has a pull on the trigger because he isn't worth that money. Uh, he wants to, he, it sounds like he wants to play with the Cubs. Um, there's no doubt about that. He wants to be with Jim Hickey. He wants to be with Joe Madden, but money wise, it's not there. He obviously wants that big deal. And I don't think Theo's going to give it to him. So I think going with Lester Hendricks, Quintana, Chatwood, and then Montgomery recently said, Hey, look, um, I'm at that point in my career where I don't necessarily want to be in the bullpen, but I will. Um, I want to pursue a starting role. And that's how they said they're going to, you know, um, put him in next season as a starter. So they're going to start him in uh, spring training as a starter. So having those five guys and then Brandon Morrow in the, in the bullpen and Justin Wilson, and like you said, CJ Edwards, if he can get that, you know, if he can control his fastball and stuff like that, that dude is a force in the bullpen. And he's pushing, he's pushing 100 miles per hour. So, you know, I, I think going into 2018, you're going to see a pretty good rotation in it. And last year, and it's totally different from last year, you know, you had John Lackey, who gave up the most homers. You don't have that this year. Chatwood, ground ball pitcher. So just like Hendricks. So he has, he has the ability to settle real nice in this rotation. And now the real question is, you know, do we go sign Wade Davis? Um, the market, I was, I will be honest, I was pretty disappointed this uh, winter meetings. I was talking to a few roommates, and we were pretty disappointed because there was no big deal other than, um, other than um, the biggest deal during the winter meetings was Chetwood. And, you know, you got guys like Wade Davis, Arietta, you Darvish, all that. So um, who knows when that Wade Davis plug gets pulled, but does Theo go out and re-sign him? If he does, our bullpen situation, it's pretty unstoppable. It really is. And here's my next question, and this might be crazy to explore. Like, I might be on another planet because Wade Davis converted – during the regular season, every save but one. He pitched phenomenal against the Nationals in the playoffs. But the only thing that concerns me with Wade Davis is how many guys he walks. I know um, yeah. Brandon Morrow, has he's got a lot lower walk rate. Um, that's my only concern. Is there any – this is a stupid question now that I'm even getting it out. But is there any circumstance where they bring back Wade Davis but use Brandon Morrow as the closer – or is Wade Davis always going to be a lock at that position? Because technically, it looks like Brandon Morrow might have had better numbers for a guy that's coming in in the ninth inning with maybe a one or two right. lead because he doesn't walk guys. And I don't, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a conversation to have because the, the, the stats say for itself. But, I mean, if you do get a guy like Wade Davis in your bullpen, it's hard not to put him in that closer role. You know, he was 32 for 33 last year, and it was he, he was locked down. So, and, if, and, and it all depends on Brandon Morrow's health, you know. Can he stay healthy this year just like last year? I Was it a fluke season last year? Who knows? But Theo, you know, he's taking the risk, and he sees something that a lot of other GMs probably don't, and uh, he scooped him up. So, if you do resign Wade Davis, I think – there's no doubt you should put him in that closer role. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Like like I said, when I was getting that question out, I was like, why am I saying this? <laughs> and it's too big of a segment to cut out. But listen to this. Now, I want to ask you a question from like a baseball fan, Cubs standpoint. Absolutely. When you – okay, and I've read articles on this in the past because I know Goose Gossage had made quite a, a fuss about how like closers and relievers are used. Um, versus like back in his day where a closer would be like this true fireman role who would come in as the best guy out of the bullpen and pitch whenever he needed to, however he needed to, and for as long as he needed to. What do you think about teams that employ these closers in these very static roles of like, Wade Davis, you're only going to pitch the ninth, and Brandon Morrow, you're going to be my setup guy? Because when I look at relievers and guys coming in to close out the ninth inning, sometimes I feel like it's too set in stone that you know, no matter what, so-and-so is going to come in and pitch the ninth. Um, and I guess where I'm going at with this, if you have a really strong bullpen of Justin Wilson, Wade Davis, and Brandon Morrow, um, I understand that Wade Davis is going to be like your de facto closer. Like, he's supposed to be our top dog. But do you think that coaches, especially maybe like Joe Madden with the way he coaches because he's very uh, comfortable, tries new things, do you have any problem with him having these three closers and no matter what, always using Wade Davis in the ninth? Or would you like to see more flexibility with the way coaches and managers use closers where in the sense it's not this one guy that's going to close, but whoever plays best in that role based on the given day? Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, um, I, think, I think obviously I'm not opposed to it. I think as a baseball fan, I think it's nice to have that one that one guy you know you're going to see in the ninth. He's reliable. He's your top dog, like you said, and he's going to close it out. And that's Wade Davis for us. But you're playing with Joe Madden. The guy likes to play with matchups. You'll see. You'll see him take out. You throw. He'll he will throw in a pitcher. He'll take him out. He'll throw in another pitcher. He'll take him out just because of the matchups. And and it's not a bad idea, you know. I think I think having Wade Davis as a closer and then having other people different people in different roles is not a bad thing at all. Not at all. Yeah, and I think, and I begin to wonder, like, as we get into this conversation, we saw Wade Davis do it last season when he needed to pitch multiple innings. We already know Justin Wilson can be that versatile guy who can come in and pitch multiple innings. Yep. And we also saw Brandon Morrow do it. When you look at these three guys in the bullpen with hopefully getting, like, a refocused Carl Edwards Jr., because I'm I know Carl Edwards Jr. is a great pitcher. I really feel Absolutely. like he's just got to get his mind right on those big stages. For example, when he walked you Darvish on four pitches, that's not Carl. Oh, my God. I, really believe, <laughs> I know. Like, I know, right? And if he can just – I don't know what it is, if it's a confidence thing or like a big stage. I couldn't imagine being a Chicago Cub pitching a playoff game and like not just right. sweating profusely like no matter what happened. It's this – Cubs team, do they have one of the better bullpens in the National League? Like, because I know last year the Dodgers were touted as like having the best pin, but at this point, I have a hard time believing if you have Wade Davis, Justin Wilson back, and 
um, Brandon Morrow. Brandon Morrow. Is this the best pin in the National League? If not the best, it's probably top five, you would like to think, because if on paper the names are there, it's just how they go out and perform. I mean, if we do sign Wade Davis, we have our ninth guy. We have Brandon Morrow, Morrow, who's our setup guy in the eighth. And then now it's, you know, it depends. Does Mike Montgomery become a starter if the Cubs don't get another one? Or is he in the bullpen picking up uh, starters when they don't have a good start? Uh, you got Carl Edwards Jr. puffing on a uh, 100-mile-per-hour fastball. You got you got guys like Pedro Strobe. You got all these guys, and it's all like, I believe that if everything goes right, we could be a force in the NL. We could be a force in the NL, and that's going to be huge going into the postseason, the regular season. Everything, everything relies on bullpen. It's becoming that that way, and I think, and I think uh, our bullpen is going to be great in 2018. Yeah, I think so. And I wonder if that has to do where you had mentioned during the uh, the winter meetings that a lot of stuff was kind of slow with like the Chicago Cubs because the main guy they took was Tyler Chatwood. I begin to wonder if teams relying more on a bullpen and even Joe Madden said it is that's where the game's going right it's turning into this exactly kind of game maybe the winter meetings yeah they weren't super noisy with like big signings for the Cubs with the exception of Tyler Chatwood who I love by the way once you unpack his absolutely numbers. but maybe like what we saw last week was exactly what Madden said about this turning into a bullpen kind of game meaning maybe the Cubs feel like you know Alex Cobb, we don't need to pay him $20 million because maybe that the way the game's going, we just need effective guys that can get through the order a couple times and then fall back on that bullpen. And I just begin to wonder Absolutely. if the game's really going that way to where teams are going to start to look at their starters and say, because there hasn't been a lot of talk around Jake Arrieta. Like Bob Nightingale said it a couple days ago on MLB Network where he said he hadn't heard of really any teams that were really full in on Jake Arrieta right now. He just hadn't heard anything. Yep. And I wonder if teams are looking at this going, well, I'm going to spend my money on the pin because I don't need to spend 150, 200 million on a pitcher to go seven innings because the data shows the third time through the lineup, it's, it's not efficient anyway for the team and it doesn't give us the best chance to win. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually going in on that tomorrow on our website on Cubs Live Weekly, uh, one of my writers, Ryan, he uh, just sent me the rough draft of his article. He's a journalist. He graduated from Boston University. He made this article, and I know you and a lot of other fans are going to find this really interesting. I just read it over, and it really you know, kind of changed my mind of things. It was called, Should Super Pens and Low Impact Starters Be the Future of M- the MLB? Oh, no way. That's awesome. And, he, and what he pretty much said was, we'll call it the 5 system five pitchers pitching every fifth day for five innings at a time. The starters go for five, five innings and then the, you know, the bullpen picks it up and he really did good, uh, good job analyzing it and going into it. So when I post that tomorrow, I'm going to link it to you and we can kind of chat about it. But I think that's where the game might be going. I know this off season, we had a nice, you know, um, free agency, you know, bullpen reliever guys, um, the class of them. And it was, it was a hot market, obviously, as you see, and pitchers like Arietta and you Darvish hasn't haven't got signed yet, and that's for a reason because the game's turned into a bullpen thing, man. You you've seen it, Joe Madden, you know, obviously have done it uh, quite a bit. So, um, yeah, bullpen bullpen is really uh, reliable and very valuable. 
today's game. Yeah, well, you'll have to let me know when that gets going. We'll share it uh, through our Twitter and Facebook page as well. But Kyle, I guess we're Absolutely. going in here. It was phenomenal to talk to you again, man. We'll have to do this uh, more often. We shouldn't wait two weeks to do this again or three weeks or however long right. it's been. Right, I uh, know. Either way, Absolutely. Kyle, that's what's up, man. Well, it was good talking to you, man. Everyone, this is Kyle from Cubs Live. Find him on Twitter at Cubs underscore live. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show, Greatest Show on Dirt. We really appreciate the time you took, and be sure to check out part two and part three of this week's episode if you're listening on Android or iTunes. They should be right above what you just listened to now. So either way, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.